0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. Today we're continuing our series titled The Doctrine of God. And we're going to talk about the fatherhood of God today. The text we're concentrating on is Romans 8, 15 through to 17. It says, For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading again to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit-producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. The scriptures we'll work through are from verses 12 through to 17. It starts with, so then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but not to our flesh, to live accordingly to the impulses of the flesh, our nature without the Holy Spirit. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, that you will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment, but have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If we indeed share in his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. Some of us don't want to sharing Jesus' suffering, do we? But we want the glory. The Old Testament saints viewed God's fatherhood almost solely in the national sphere. Have a read of Exodus 4.22 and Isaiah 1, two. But even in the Old Testament, you can see that people's thoughts were changing a little. They were, in, look in the Psalms, they were moving to something more personal. Have a read of Psalm 68.5 and Psalm 103.13. Jesus gave the word Father new depth and content. He did this not so much by what he said, but as by the way he lived. He alone lived the kind of life that God's fatherhood should inspire and imply. He said, I am from the Father, meaning that his Father, whose nature he perfectly reflects. Let's note three things about the fatherhood of God today. The first one is the implication of his fatherhood. The implications of God's fatherhood, what are they? God's fatherhood implies that God is accessible to us. The way to God is open. This does not mean that we can be irreverent in our approach to God or or that we can take liberties with him. But it does mean that the barriers between us and God are down. The veil before the Holy of Holies is torn in two from top to bottom. And the way to God lies open. God's fatherhood implies that God's authority over us is like that of a father over his children. Many conflicting claims are made upon us, but we must hold on to our faith. In God, the Almighty Father, in all things we are responsible to him. In the home in which Jesus lived, the Father was a symbol of authority. By father, Jesus did not mean the kind of indulgent father often found within Western families. The Jewish father loved his children intensely, but he expected unquestioned obedience and honour that continued all through his life. In Jesus' mind, the word father carried connotations of obedience rather than mere indulgence. Some people need to hear that. When your father speaks, listen. God's fatherhood implies that the blackness of sin is revealed. If the power behind the universe were sheer impersonal law, then our sins would be sins against law. But if, as Jesus revealed, the power behind the universe is a loving father, our sins are sins against love. To call God father is to ultimately to make him sorry to make sin intolerable if God is your father you can't tolerate sin it was not law that we crucified on Calvary's cross was it but it was God's holy love the love of the father God God's fatherhood implies that the wonder of forgiveness is clear before Jesus came people ask can God forgive Call God Father and know that he is, and the question becomes, how could, not, how could God not forgive a truly repentant heart? In one parable, Jesus pictured God running out to meet the returning prodigal, to gather him just as he was, into his arms. Now many people look at that parable in many different ways, but that's how it was, God running to meet the returning prodigal. And if because God is Father, sin stands in a new light, So does love's victory over sin, which is forgiveness. Second thing is the results of God's fatherhood. What are they? Since God is our Father, he concerns himself with our concerns. Jesus taught us that our food, our clothing and our shelter are his concerns. Matthew 6.32 tells us, For the pagan Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but do not worry for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He then continues in Matthew 7:11, "If you are then evil, which is sinful by nature, as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children. How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, perfected as He is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking Him? Since God is our Father, He knows and loves us as individuals. An earthly father does not love his family in general. He loves each child in particular. What we do poorly, God does perfectly. He knows us. He loves us one by one as individuals. John 3.16 makes this clear. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten Son, so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. That's just one side of the coin though, isn't it? The other side is Luke 15.10. It says, In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents, that is, changes his inner self, his old way of thinking and regrets his past sins, lives his life in a way that proves repentance and seeks God's purpose in his life. He loves us, though we are the only one to love. When God looks down, On you, he sees you as the only one. Since God is our father, he disciplines us as his children as well. God is a father, not an uncle. Uncles often let children do almost anything, and sometimes that same child might get punished when he gets home because of the things the uncle let him do. Uncles don't have to fully accept responsibility like the father should. To love means to desire the best for one another and to exercise discipline to encourage it. God will not always hold back his anger against those who play with his love. Hebrews 12, 6 says, For the Lord disciplines and corrects those whom he loves, and he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. If God's not disciplining you and correcting you, you might need to seek him a little bit more. Are you truly following him are you truly one of his children because he disciplines and corrects those who he loves since god is our father he saves us from our sins as individuals as father he acts personally to call people to respond to his love in repentance and faith he is a father and we are potentially his children as long as we know who he is and who we are and act accordingly we may have a personal relationship with him Through Jesus Christ, he is our Father and we are his children. Since God is our Father, he blesses us through his Holy Spirit. Three words in the text describe the privileges that come to the Christian through the Holy Spirit. First one is children. How great is it to be a child of God? Second one is heirs. We inherit what is His, And third is joint heirs with Christ. As God's children, we are heirs of all he is and all he has. And then we have the assurances of God's fatherhood. God's fatherhood assures us concerning suffering and pain. People were once prone to think that pain and suffering were signs of God's condemnation and judgment. Sometimes people may bring their suffering on themselves, but not always so. Not only has Christ cleared that awful thought away, but he's also shown us that some kinds of suffering, far from being God's condemnation, are actually God's election to a singular honor. This was true of Jesus, wasn't it? Romans 8.32 says, God spared not his own son, because he had a purpose for him and a great and glorious world-redeeming purpose it was. So God often deals with all these children in this way. God's fatherhood assures us concerning prayer. In prayer, we do not send our voices out to an empty void. To God, or sorry, the God whom we seek in prayer, we are to call Father. That is the very center of our Christian faith. Our Heavenly Father is a person we can tell anything and be assured that he will listen. God's Fatherhood assures us concerning the future as well. We see Christians running around crazy at the moment, not knowing what the future brings, but forgetting that God knows what it brings. Relief and encouragement come when we owe rest in our minds When we can rest in our minds to, in the thought that God knows what lies ahead and that he is in control as God's children we have to listen but sometimes the tuition is needlessly high isn't it the fees that we have to pay are needlessly high our Heavenly Father would save us from a lot of mistakes if only we would ask him first and then listen and do what he tells us to do He knows what the future holds. God's fatherhood assures us concerning our salvation. Salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit on the merits of the redeeming work of Christ, whereby we become children of the loving Father. God never disowns his children. We may disown him, but he never disowns us. If we are Christians, we are his children. Let me leave this with you today. Remember always that you are a child of God. He is your Father. Never forget it. You are a child of God. And let me encourage you, as I do every week, to be diligent with your Bible study time, because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways, because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him, and he can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. You're important to God. You know that, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time... Stay in the blessings.